The Zone Sports Network is taking you to the movies. This is the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Well, hi there. Dude, what is this place? How Where are, are you, man? How are you? I am good. You and uh, Larry T filling in for me last week, Larry Tassoni. Uh, you guys were great. Oh, I thanks, man. I, I kind of got a complex. He he's great, man. He just he knows so much about movies and all those movies that came out of the Megaplex last week. He is just nonstop information. Yeah, and he's he's terrific. And you were great. And I think that uh, this this I may have be been Wally pipped. No, no, no. We missed you. I was stressed out running all the controls, man. Did you hear how fast I was talking? (laughs) You're fine. (laughs) You're fine. Uh, We've got, uh, let's see, one, two, three new movies to talk about this week. One we've talked about in the past, but it's transitioning to more theaters and screens. Yes, yes. I know the one you're talking about, and it could be up for a Best Picture, you know that? It might be winning Best Picture. I know. uh, Here in a few weeks, actually. So... Uh, at the virtual Oscars, Ooh. as it were. We, we'll get into that. Uh, we'll talk about the poll question in segment two. Uh, we asked, in fact, I'm just going to tell you right now what we asked. Okay. So if you want to play along, at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot one on Twitter, the number one top movie that everyone must see. Mm. So when, when people say, uh, w- or when you say to people, you have to see blank, what is that movie? Porkies. No, it's not Porkies. That's oh, that's an inaccurate Predator answer. But uh, no, Predator. Even your Predator. <laughs> no, I actually thought. In all seriousness, I thought about this. I I think Godfather comes to mind. Okay. Shawshank comes to mind. Sure. Uh, the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory comes to mind. <laughs> the with uh, Gene Wilder. With Gene Wilder. Yeah. Yes. Wait, Gene Wilder. Yeah. Yes, because the new one's called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and it's terrible. Yeah. It's hot garbage. Yeah, it's not, it's not horrible, horrible, but it it's is. not great. No, it's it's maybe a top ten worst movie ever. Okay. Uh, ever. Okay. Ever. 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 Uh, and we, uh, we'll get into a actor profile. We've yes. got a From the Archives that we uh, were going to do, and then I got COVID. So you, we kicked it to this week. You know, uh, last week there was a movie that came out that I'd seen the trailer for many, many months ago a Nicolas Cage movie okay called Willie's Wonderland <laughs> that sounds horrible oh yeah it's totally not your type <laughs> of movie but i went and saw it okay and uh it's probably the best role Nicolas Cage has ever done because he doesn't say a word in the whole movie <laughs> that's so he rude. just he he does <laughs> gordon monson grunts a couple times and that's it <laughs> What? How old is this movie? It just came out. Wh- movie? So What's it called? It's called Willie's Wonderland. And basically, imagine going to a Chuck E. Cheese, but the Chuck E. Cheese animatronics come to life and uh, eat people and kill people. You know what? I saw yes. the trailer for this. Yes. Yeah. I think we talked he about it. He doesn't speak in the movie? He doesn't say a word. And it looks like he was paid $8 to do it. He would take probably 6 to do it. <laughs> because, you know, he's not, he was not making a lot of money. But I got to tell you, it reminded me a little bit of From Dusk Till Dawn. Okay. Remember that movie? Yeah, yeah. They kind of trap people in to feed the vampires, except these aren't vampires. But if you, like, there's people out there that absolutely hate mascots. And when they see mascots, they sometimes want to punch them. This is their movie. 
Wow. Because Nicolas Cage is just beating up mascots. So you would recommend <laughs> Willy's Wonderland? I would recommend Willy's Wonderland if you just want to kill some time and have a fun movie. It's not. It's kind of boasted as a uh, horror movie, mm-hmm. but, horror. but there's no jump scares. There's nothing scary about it. I was laughing at everything. So it's, yes. Is it from the same type of uh, mind as Sharknado? Is it that dumb? No, no. Okay. It's actually right. better than Sharknado. Okay, so they 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 really tried to make a good movie. They tried. Okay, and and the reason why is because Nicolas Cage didn't talk. <laughs> okay, that's so rude to your guy. He's not my guy. <laughs> He's your guy. He probably you talk is about my how guy. much you love Con Air. I do. Come <laughs> at me, bro. Come at me. Uh, all right. So there you go. We'll get into that, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the 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 number one top movie everyone should see. And you say it's Willy's Wonderland. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I did put up a movie zone movie showdown over the weekend. Ooh. And this was based on uh, who we're going to talk about for our actor profile. This yes. Week. Yes, it is. Who is who I would choose to star as me in the movie about me? Really? Uh, this actor, his name is Stanley Tucci. Yes. Could you see that? Could you see Stanley Tucci playing an older me? I could. Yeah. We, you know, he was a similar. And, you know, he was a fashion model. He was not. Yes, he was. I'll talk about that okay. later. Yes. He wore boots like he was a fashion model in Beethoven. Yes. Uh, yes. So I put out the movie's own movie showdown, and I went to Rotten Tomatoes and found his number. One rated movie, and then my favorite Stanley Tucci movie. Oh, put, put them up against each other. Okay, tell me about them. And mine blew the other one out of the water. Really? We only had fifty-two votes on this, which I'm usually we usually get like three hundred. It's because people thought you were gone, and it was me <laughs> putting it up. That's why. So they were looking for it on your timeline. No, no, they're just like, oh, it's Johnny. It's probably going to be Predator or something. So they just <laughs> skip over it and. Now that they know you're back, it's going to grow to like six million. <laughs> well, I went with 2001's <laughs> Conspiracy, which has like a 99% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's not a feel-good movie. Not the Conspiracy with Mel Gibson. No, 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 no. This That's is, Conspiracy Theory. Yes. This is just Conspiracy. It's about the Nazis mm-hmm. uh, and how they decided to do what they did once the Americans got into World War II, what they decided to do in genocide. Uh, mm. An entire race of people. Wow. It's a heavy, heavy That's, movie. Yeah, nice light subject. But it, it's Not. an incredible movie. Of course. Uh, and so that went up against 2006's Lucky Number Slevin. Oh, wow. My favorite. Okay. Uh, he plays Bad Dog. Yeah? Or, uh, in, in that movie. And uh, 77% say that Lucky Number Slevin is a better movie than Conspiracy. I think this is, again, a subject of just more people saw it. You think so? Yeah. Because Conspiracy was up for Oscars. And sure. In fact, I think Ken, Bren- Ken Brenna may have won an Oscar for sure. Conspiracy. but doesn't mean everyone watched it. But it is 20 years old. Right. And that I think that's part of it. But uh, both, I mean, anything Stanley does is, is pretty much a great movie. And you know what? Who? Stanley. Oh, God. I thought you meant Stan... Not Lee. Stan Lee, Stan Man, he Lee. Peacefully, yeah. Okay. No, because you Stanley know what? Tucci, yeah. And I'll get into this later, but he's never really a main actor. He's always like the best supporting actor you could possibly get. Yeah, Devil Wears Prada, uh, uh, Easy A, Hunger Games, Hunger Games. Yeah. Oh, he was brilliant in Hunger Games. Yes. Uh, and Beethoven, as Scotty right. G tried to wedge into the the movie's own showdown. 
Uh, uh-huh. So there you go. That the we'll get more into Stanley Tucci in This Is Your Life in segment two. Yep. yep. Uh, but right now, let's talk about the three new movies hitting Megaplex theaters and other local theaters here, Johnny. You want me to start this yeah, off? Yeah, you get it, get it Of going course, you us. want me to start this off when I prepared for to do the second well, one. Well, that's fine. You do uh, the first one. I because I'm more interested in the first one. Perfect. So a rated PG-13 rom-com, as it were, mm-hmm. starring... Your kind of movie. D- absolutely. Of course. Dan There's... Stevens from uh, Downton Abbey, but more importantly, he played the live-action Beast in Beauty and the Beast, did Dan Stevens. Yep. Uh, Isla Fisher, married to who? Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Is that right? That's right, Now, yeah. is this, is, is this a person... Uh, a Fisher, like as in Carrie? No, you know Isla Fisher from like uh, Confessions of a Shopaholic and Wedding Crashers. She was Vince right. Vaughn's love interest yes, in Wedding yes, Crashers. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Uh, Leslie Mann, who's yes. married to who? Me. Judd Apatow. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. And uh, How do Dame... you think she gets roles in all of his movies? <laughs> She's a good actress. She actually is. Dame Judi Dench rounds out the, the star-studded cast. And I watched a trailer for this, and I know I, I, we haven't really discussed it, but both Leslie Mann and Judi Dench... Put on. Um, looks like they're going to put on amazing performances. Yes. The name of the movie is Blythe Spirit. It's a spiritualist <laughs> medium. Yes. Holds a séance for a writer suffering from writer's block, but accidentally summons the spirit of his deceased w- first wife, which leads to, of course, increasingly complex love triangle with his current wife of five years. Yeah, yeah. Basically, he he discovered uh, he discovered. Can you discover writer's block, or you just get writer's block? Yeah, it just happens. It just yeah. happens once his first wife died. So was his first wife Isla Fisher? No, she's his current wife. She's his first wife is Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann. Okay. Yes. Well, uh, I, I have you. Did you ever see the movie that's similar to this with Mark Ruffalo and Reese Witherspoon? Where Reese Witherspoon is a I'm not a, sure is too busy for a love life, and she's a nurse. And she has an accident. She's she thinks she's dead. No. And Mark Ruffalo moves into her apartment. No. And she hunts him. Oh. Uh, uh, anyway, it's oh. similar to that, and it's just a fun rom com PG thirteen. This will give you some laughs. This will maybe touch your heart a little bit. Seems like a good fun night out for date night at the movies. Rom cons are great, and it's something we should do on the on the the, uh, the poll questions or something. Just we could do a whole show about rom coms. They're so good. They're my favorite. I know. They're my absolute I, hey, favorite. They have to be. They're just fun. You're married. They have to be. <laughs> they were always my favorite. <laughs> well, tell us about the next one coming out. The next one coming out is called Silk Row. Road, Silk Road. It's a rated R crime drama thriller starring Jason Clark, who you might know from the, the movie Everest. Mm. He was the one who uh, played the New Zealander who opened up the uh, oh sure you know the, the true life story about climbing Everest, the disaster in the nineties. The thin air uh, book. Yes, but it's called Everest in the movie. Yeah. Correct. So Jason Clark, Alexandra Ship. I don't know her. And uh, Jimmy Simpson. Okay. Philosophical 20-something Ross creates Silk Road, a dark net website that sells narcotics. Ross. Don't be doing that. While DEA agent Rick goes undercover to bring him down. Now, I I watched a trailer to this, and, you know, you think about it. Obviously, you can't buy narcotics on the web, right? Uh, That's what I've been told. Or can you? I've, I've never wanted to, nor have I done any research on nope, nope, the matter. No, me neither. But uh, I do know it is illegal. But this guy finds a way around it. In fact, some kid uh, here in Utah just went away for a long, long time for creating a dark web site yes. about uh, how to sell drugs. Well, this kind of pretty much becomes—he becomes the first millennial 
like gangster. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then finally, we talked uh, a few weeks ago about Nomadland. Yes. Uh, it's only been in IMAX up until now. Now it's expanding to other uh, feature screens. Francis McDormand, David oh. Strathairn, after losing everything in the Great Recession, a woman embarks on a journey through the American West living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. Mm-hmm. It's a true story. And it features the other real-life nomads that she comes ac- came across yes. in her life. We talked about this a few weeks ago, and it, it seemed extremely interesting then, and it s- still seems extremely interesting. Like we said at the beginning of the show, this could win Best Picture. It's already leading a, a lot of the, not that I dip into this, but the odds in Vegas, as it were, ah. have this as the front runner right now. I'm with you. Uh, and then uh, returning classics, as Megaplex likes to do. The Lord of the Rings trilogy, all Megaplex IMAX locations will be playing The Return of the King, with some locations continuing to play Fellowship and Two Towers. Yes. Awesome. And also Work in the Glory 2, the second installment of the popular uh, novel made into movie series, will be at uh, Megaplex Theaters on the 19th. The Lord of the Rings is a great way to kill nine hours. <laughs> it's not a great way to kill nine hours, <laughs> but it's a way to kill nine hours. You know, hours. I uh, I recently just showed those three movies to my son, and he was engrossed, loved it. I think he followed like the names and where everyone's from, the you know the the, the characters in their lands, like better than I did. He just absolutely loved it. Kids <laughs> could see this movie still, and to see some of them in IMAX, hmm. I wish I could have seen that. Yep, absolutely. And now you get you got that chance. So to recap, PG thirteen, Blythe Spirit, a rom com, rated R crime drama thriller, Silk Road. And, of course, the uh, front runner for Best Picture right now, Nomadland, rated our real-life drama. Oh, yeah. So get out to uh, Megaplex and other places and see that, see those movies, and we'll talk about them as uh, the movie zone rolls along. Coming up next, though, in segment two, we do have a poll question of the week. We do have the actor profile, but I'm actually really, really excited this week for soundtrack of the week as we have another lesson in music history from Johnny Lightfoot. Okay. Because the From the Archives movie we're doing in segment three features a very popular song by a duo. duo. Yes, it's the duo. But we're focusing this week on the female of the duo. That's right. And I know nothing about her. Nothing? So I'm so excited for you cool. to educate me. Well, that is quite a tease, Austin. So, so stay uh, tuned. <laughs> that's it. Coming up next, Johnny Lightfoot educates me <laughs> as he shares some insights on a certain artist next here on the movie zone you're locked on to the movie zone on 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. No matter how hard I try, you keep pushing me aside, and I can't break through. There's no talking to you. Welcome back to segment two of The Movie Zone. Johnny Lightfoot right here alongside my buddy Austin Horton. 
Good to be back. And I love this song. It's good to see you, man. And who should doesn't? I love this song? You should love this song, okay. and you should not love this song because of this song. <laughs> Auto Tune came about. Uh huh. Yeah. Is this the original Auto Tune? Yeah, this is where it kind of started. So, this is our lesson in music history this week. Yes. We're going with Cher. We're going with Cher. Tell me about I know little to nothing about her. All right. Being one of the few artists who can go by a single name, Cher has transcended music, TV, and film over the last six decades to become one of the biggest entertainers in the world. Cher first made a splash in the music scene in the 1960s as the part of a duo, Sonny and Cher. Sure. Since then, she hasn't stopped entertaining audiences around the world, having spectacular career comebacks in just about every decade. Hmm. Wow. Before going by the name Cher for most of her career, she changed it. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. Before going by the name of Cher for most of her career, Cher has changed it up a lot since she was younger. She was born Sherlyn Sark... <laughs> Nailed it. Perfect. On May 20th, 1946. However, when she released her first solo single, Ringo, I Love You, in 1964, she went by the stage name Bonnie Jo Mason. Okay. The single was a flop, which led to her to become a duo with Sonny Bono, and before there were Sonny and Cher, they were Caesar and Cleo. Wow. Okay, right. so they've, they've gone all over the place They've here. been all over the place. Now, um, Cher was on TV before her singing career. When she was a child, her mother would book parts for her and her sister, George Ann, <laughs> to appear as extras on TV shows such as The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. Okay. <laughs> right? Wow. So she started as an actress. She started that way, yeah. Okay. Uh, in 1962, she was a background singer. Bono, or not Bono, but Bono. Well, yeah, it's, it's uh, Sonny. Let's just call him Sonny. Sonny Bono. Sonny Bono, yeah. Sonny Bono. May he rest peacefully. He introduced Cher to the legendary record producer Phil Spector. Uh -huh. Recognizing her talent, Spector used Cher as a background singer on such hits as the Ron Ets, Ron Etz, Be My Baby, and The Righteous Brothers, You've Lost That Loving Feeling. Absolutely, which led to a, one of the all-time best debates and fights on the big show. Oh, wow. <laughs> did it really? Which, if we have time today, maybe we'll uh, play that back for the listener. How about the Righteous Brothers? You've lost that love and feel. In that song, you hear all kinds of different voices in some of the parts. All of those are them? I think it's just well, the two dudes. Well, there's a woman in there, too, though. No, there is not. There isn't? And you've lost that love and feel? Yeah. No. Let's make a better. Uh, incriminating audio. Yeah. That, okay. If Break you listen go. to one of the parts, either it is a guy doing the falsetto thing or it's a woman. It's a falsetto. You sure? Positive. Are you really positive? I am. Would you bet your life on it? I, incriminating audio. <laughs> Let's do this. Austin tweeted some random... In 1962, Bono introduced Cher to legendary record producer Phil Spector. Recognizing her talent, Spector used Cher as a background singer on Righteous Brothers' You've Lost That Love. Oh, baby! <laughs> but that's just... That is... I, I've heard a female voice on there, Jake. That's just background. No. Hey, wait, here's the part. Hold on. Listen closely. Here it is. That baby part? That's uh -huh. not what Gordon's talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That is not what yes, you were talking I about. Get out of here. Not the only She's credited in the song. That so. is one word. That uh, is but, not. There's, but there's another point when they're all saying baby, 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 and her voice is in there. No, it's not. Yes, that's, it is. That's falsetto. That's word. No, it's not. That no, is. it's not, Jake. You are wrong on this. That's Hatfield. 
It is. I'm watching him do it right that's now. That's Hatfield. I know, but she's credited on the record. But that's not what you were talking about. It doesn't about. matter. This is what you were it, talking about. It doesn't about. matter. You heard it earlier. She said one gonna... word as a deep background singer, and that is not what you were referring that, that to. That is what I was referring to. No, it to. was not. It's and always, now you it are was, lying. No, it was always a background singer. I didn't think that she had, like, a major part in the thing. You did, too. No, you I didn't. said the falsetto part was her. Well, I know, but that was just one other baby. Come on, Jake. <laughs> you're wrong, and you're busted. You are completely wrong I, about I, I'm holding you to this, man. The, the credit is there. No. You're screwed on this one. I, I'm, you, that because, is not what you were talking because about. because of your attitude, I'm going to make you pay dearly. <laughs> so th- there you go. A little uh, a little flashback there of the big show talking about Cher. Sorry, Johnny. Go ahead. Now, uh, turning it to the movie side of things, Cher turned down the part of Thelma Dickinson in the movie Thelma and Louise hmm. in order to appear in a 1990 film, Mermaids. The okay. part eventually went to Gina Davis, but we can't help but wonder what the movie would be like, right? Think about this. If Susan Sarandon and Cher were driving across the country. Huh. I, it wouldn't have worked out as well, I don't think. All due respect to Cher. Well, with the song we just played, Believe, Cher became the oldest woman to have a number one song at the age of 52. It also marked the longest span between number one songs for any artist. Cher had to wait nearly a quarter century between number ones, with Dark Lady hitting the top spot in 1974 and Believe hitting the same milestone in 1999. It was a 1999? It's 22 years old? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I, oh, wow. Man, I just, I just really, really scared myself with how old I've gotten because... <laughs> Mind blown, uh, right? It feels like seven years ago that that song came out to me. No, no, it's been a long time. That's how long we've had auto tune. And that was one of the first songs with auto tune? She had something to do with the pioneering of auto tune with that song, Believe. Because she no longer was a good singer. No, she was a good singer. Just some, <laughs> uh, just some producer thought, oh, look what I can do. Uh, I don't, I think it was more <laughs> that she had lost it a bit. What, Maybe. Is, what is she, 93 now? How old uh, is she? She was born in, uh, what did I say, 1946. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's like 130. She's close. Yeah. Uh, I liked her in uh, Stuck on You, the oh, Fairly yeah. Brothers movie with yeah. uh, Damon and Greg Kinnear. She's actually had quite a great acting career. Remember the movie Mask? No, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. With uh, um, the guy who was in, uh, was in Pulp Fiction, Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. The original Marty McFly, by the way. Yeah. Yep. They had to redo a lot of Back oh, yeah. to the Future. Yeah. Uh, okay, so there you go. This week's lesson in music history soundtrack of the week goes to Cher, or what was her first name? George Ann? No, that's her sister. Oh. Sherlyn. Sherlyn. Or uh, Bonnie. Or Bonnie. Joe something. So Cher. That, Cher Bullock. And now Cher, she's Cher. only known by Cher. Of course. Not very many artists can just go by one name. And did she or did she not have a romantic relationship with Frankie Muniz? Or is that just for the movies? And Gene Simmons? <laughs> she did? Oh, yeah. She had a date. She dated Gene Simmons? Oh, yeah. Before kids had taken off their makeup, she was with Gene Simmons. Wow. All right. And the reason why Cher is our lesson or our soundtrack of the week is because in From the Archives, we're going to talk about uh, the February movie. Absolutely. Groundhog Day. I, I mean, we were planning to talk about this a few weeks ago, but we're just kind of catching back up. Yep, absolutely. All right. Time for our poll question responses this week. Hop on Twitter. I'm at Austin Horton. Johnny is Johnny Lightfoot1. Get the station at Zone Sports Net. The question this week, I went general. I went broad. Okay. But I think it's something that everybody has an answer to or with some thought could give an answer to. 
What's the one movie everyone should absolutely see? Oh, man. There's so many. That's hard. You can only pick one. (laughs) See, this is why I'm glad you're back. You come up with these thought-provoking ones. (laughs) Mine's like, name your favorite 90s action flick. That's not bad. We should do that. I did that. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for Valentine's Day, even. Right. What did, What was Larry's? Did Larry pick one? Can't remember if he picked one or if he, he just did. But I'm not remembering what he chose yeah. right now. Sorry, Larry. Let us know. Uh, Jeremiah says the number one movie everyone should see is A Time to Kill. Ooh. The yes. redone To Kill a Mockingbird story right, right. Know, by John Grisham. Or just read the book. Starring Samuel Jackson, starring Sandra Bullock, starring Matthew McConaughey, starring uh, Southern. All right, all right, all right. No, that's not in that movie. No, it's not. That's Dazed and Confused. <laughs> uh, Larry Tassoni, our guy, said any and all Driver's Ed movies. I don't know. He says the huh. Red Asphalt, Appointment with Disaster, Highways of Agony, Death on the Highway, etc. I don't Whoa. know the Driver's Ed movies. He's actually talking about the ones you see in school? No. It, no, I don't think he is. I think that it's I think it's probably like a comedy troupe of some sort. Okay, cuz I see. When I think uh, Driver's Ed Driver's movies. Driver's Ed movies. When I think Driver's Ed movies, I think like License to Drive with the Corys. No, these are old old-timey movies. Okay. These are Driver's Ed scare films. Oh no, that's what they are. Yes. What are you doing to me, Larry? So they are, they're the ones they show in school, right? So he's joking around with us. See, I, I know this because I didn't go to that class. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> no, I took private lessons. Oh, you did? Yeah, right. I didn't go to school. Yeah. I went to. Well, uh, I didn't go to school, but I didn't go to driver's <laughs> ed school. <laughs> it doesn't show. No, uh, I went to summer school driver's ed. Did you? So that I dr- I drove to high school my first day. I had I had one of those birthdays that ended like it was in like right during the semester, and no. if you take driver's ed in school, you have to wait. Till the yeah. end of the day. So yeah. I said, nope, not happening. And I just didn't I didn't want to waste one of my class credits on driver's ed, so I just did it in the summer. Right, so. right, right. Uh, Kirsten says, Unbreakable. I would tell you that's one of the number one books you should read. Now, is that, uh, is that the uh, the one with Bruce Willis? No, 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 no. Unbreakable is uh, Angelina Jolie directed and produced it. Uh, Domal Gleason's in it. Uh, it's the... Real life telling of the prisoner of war, World War II, Louis Zamperini. Okay. He was an Olympic sprinter, then went to World War II and uh, ended up a prisoner of war. And how he, it's a real incredible true life story. And huh. you should read the book, absolutely. The movie is good, though. For some reason, Unbreakable reminds me of that Bruce Willis and uh, Samuel Jackson M. Night Shyamalan series. Remember, they made three movies, Split, uh, Unbreakable, and there was one more in there. I guess she could have meant that, but. I, I think Kirsten and I have gone back and forth about the Probably. book, Unbreakable, so I think that's where she's going with it. Craig says Shawshank Redemption yep. is the number one movie everyone should see. Hello. Uh, I was talking with Mikey Peterson, uh, a friend of the movie zone and of the zone uh, in general, uh, on direct message the other night, and I was talking about Shawshank changed the way I watch movies. Okay. Because I look for what we call in the theater world through lines. Mm-hmm which are lines that play out through, uh, through life in any kind of uh, situation to where, where he says uh, uh, hope uh, can be a good thing, hope is one of the best things or whatever he says, that carries on in life. Oh, sure. Or even when he uh, says uh, a man can do a lot with a cold bucket of suds, uh, all, all these little lines uh, that carry on into different moments of life and work. Shawshank changed the way I watch oh. movies in that way. 
What a beautiful story. <laughs> oh, the the Shawshank yeah, story? Yeah, not what you said. That's, <laughs> like, that's, oh, thank you. No, no. <laughs> Cameron says Rocky Four. Really? Isn't that the one with the... That's with Tommy Gunn? Oh, I thought it was the one with Dolph Lundgren. Oh, it is the one okay. with Dolph. Yes, Rocky Five was with uh, Tommy Gunn. I think so. Yes. Lance says uh, the original Willy Wonka movie. Yes. And then he includes a gif. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination, which now that song will be stuck in your head. I can't wait to get that audio clip and put it to music now. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> uh, and I said, that's going to be stuck in my head for days. And Lance said, better that than cheer up Charlie, which he's absolutely Yeah, about. he's right about that. Brandon at Liberty Mutual Insurance says, better off dead is the number one must choice. See. Jazzman Dan says Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. I think they're so important. What a wonderful Christmas movie. <laughs> According to Gordon Monson, yes. <laughs> uh, Nathan Smith also went with Shawshank Redemption. Ben Coombs says Dumb and Dumber. Really? I love that answer. I think it's great. Now, which one? So the, the original, Dumb and Dumber. I would hope so. so. So let's say you're on a deserted island for the rest of your life. You get one movie. I probably take that movie with me. Really? I because you can't you never get bored of it. Ever, no. ever, ever. No, you don't. And you laugh every time. I keep looking for all my friends in that movie since it was filmed here. Oh, you know a bunch of people that were yeah, all the musicians that when they went to the party and the, the orange and blue uh, oh, yeah. tuxes of the Over band. Here the Devereaux mansion. Right. The yeah. band playing. I know all those guys. <laughs> Drink water on Twitter. Okay. Says uh I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. Gladiator, mm -hmm. of course. Kyle Vanderdose with The Matrix. Just the first one, though. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, like Larry the, and I discussed this last week. You did. I heard just that. Just the first one. I like I like the other ones. Just the other ones are good. great, but yeah. the first one. And then Jeff says three movies, and they're all comedies, and they're all fa fantastic. Dumb and Dumber, as we talked yep. about. Tommy Boy. Okay. And Black Sheep. Okay. Those are all his must-see movies. I, I'm really shocked. I mentioned this at the beginning, but that no one said The Godfather. Maybe it's just getting too old, you know, for most people to see. And no one said Star Wars. There's life <laughs> lessons in Star Wars. I'd rather kiss a Wookiee. That's a life lesson. I like Star Wars, but I, I think you're wrong on that Scruffy one. Scruffy? Nerd? What is he? Nerf Nerf Herder. Yeah, yeah. Who's uh, scruffy looking? It has some of the more memorable lines in cinema history. Oh, for Star sure. Wars. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'd, go, I'd probably go with Shawshank. Mm -hmm. I might go with Toy Story. Yeah, there's that's some, a must-see. That's a must-see. Uh, I'd probably go with 500 Days of Summer. I'd probably go with Jaws. What about Scream? Nope, not Scream. No? Not Scream. No. Not a life lesson? Might go with Detroit. I don't know Detroit. Go heavy. Ah, we don't have time to get into Detroit, but okay. it's good. All right, uh, before we break and get into our final segment coming up next, it's time. Fire up the, the orchestra. Stanley Tucci, this is your life. I can get another girl to take your job in five minutes. One who really wants it. But I, I, no, I don't want to quit. That's not fair. But I, you know, I'm just saying that I would just like a little credit for the fact that I'm killing myself trying. Ugh, Andy, be serious. You are not trying. You are whining. What is it that you want me to say to you, huh? Do you want me to say, poor you, Miranda's picking on you, poor you, poor Andy, hmm? Wake up, six. She's just doing her job. 
Don't you know that you were working at the place that published some of the greatest artists of the century? Halston, Lagerfeld, De La Renta. You have no idea how many legends have walked these halls. And what's worse, you don't care. Because this place, where so many people would die to work, you only deign to work. And you want to know why she doesn't kiss you on the forehead and give you a gold star on your homework at the end of the day. Wake up, sweetheart. But we're a family of late bloomers. Why does that matter? I'm adopted. What? Oh, my God! Who told you? Guys, we were going to do this at the right time. Listen to me. Sometimes, even when a man and a woman love each other very much, like your mother and I used to, just don't cooperate with each other. What is that? Oh, this is a project that I'm working on. Oh, Hunter? Ducks. It's a blind, right? Yeah. So those things really work? Oh, yeah. It's all about the art of concealment. And patients sit for hours on end in the dark. I'm an outdoorsman. Always have been. <laughs> you thought you might get me, you feeble mind of my world! Everything from A to Z. I want to know who he is, who does he know? People he knows, who do they know? I want to know what he is doing in my city. Good morning, detective. Morning. Know this guy? Mm-hmm. Big time bookie. Worked for the rabbi. Between you and me, 20 years ago, he used to be my bookie. I used to sign my paychecks over to him. The Emmy goes to Stanley Tucci, Winchell. Thank you very much. You've made a huge mistake. And the Golden Globe goes to Stanley Tucci Conspiracy. When God wants to punish you, he answers your prayers. Thank you so much. I am uh, very flattered. Stanley Tucci, one of my favorite, favorite actors, Johnny. Mm. And like I said in segment one, if I had to choose an actor to play older Austin Horton, I would choose Stanley Tucci. Tell us about him. Stanley Tucci is a true renaissance man. He's an actor, a writer, a director, a producer, a cookbook author, (laughs) a former fashion model, and now the host of his very own food show. Yes, Austin, the man who taught Anne Hathaway how to dress in the Devil Wears Prada is now (laughs) going to teach audiences how to eat their way through Italy with his new CNN series, Stanley Stanley Tucci, Searching for Italy. Well, he did play uh, in Julia, Julie and Julia. And he was, yeah, he was a big fan of hers. Yeah. Now, Stanley Tucci, born November 11th, 1960 in New York, but did spend some of his childhood growing up in Italy, has won three Emmy Awards, one for... Winchell, not about the donuts, Winchell in 1998, <laughs> one for a guest appearance on the comedy series Monk, and one for being yeah. a producer of the web series Park Bench with one of my favorite actors, Steve Buscemi. Terrific. Yep, terrific. He's been acting since 1985 to current, not really a top actor, mostly a supporting actor, as we mentioned, but with such great roles as 2006, The Devil Wears Prada, Captain America, The First Avenger in 2011, Hunger games from uh, 12 to 15, A Beauty and the Beast in 2017, the Transformers series, and will have a role in the 2021's The King's Man movie, just to name a few. He's he's very versatile. Yes. He can play a lot of uh, 
uh, fun, light actor actor uh, roles and characters, and he can be real heavy and dramatic. He's awesome, and he got his start in a Levi's 501 commercial. That's that I had no idea. I know, right? You wouldn't have guessed, but I saw the commercial, and it's him, and it's he still looks the same. <laughs> he had hair then. He did have a little bit of hair, but not much. Oh, really? He had some. It was going, though? He had some. Well, uh, bald is beautiful representative there, Stanley Tucci. Hey, he's a fashion model, and he will play you. He will play me someday if I'm ever that important. But you will not be the lead actor in that, the lead character in that movie, though. Who will be? I don't know. But he's always a ba- he's always a supporting oh, I actor. <laughs> I see. So the movie about me <laughs> well, won't actually be. No, about it'll me. be about someone else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go, Stanley Tucci. This is your life. Coming up next on the other side, we'll wrap up this week's edition of the Movie Zone with a from the archives going back a couple weeks to one of the most worthless holidays but brought about one of the best movies of all time by far. I'll tell you a little known and unknown facts about Groundhog Day next here on the Movie Zone. You're locked on to the Movie Zone on 97.5-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Wrapping up this week's edition of The Movie Zone, he's Johnny, I'm Austin, and uh, yeah, soundtrack of the week, Cher, I've got you, babe, and this is Sonny and Cher. Sonny and Cher, this is the duo. This is the song- Also known as Caesar and Cleo. (laughs) This is the song that plays ad nauseum every single morning on the radio show that uh, Phil Connors wakes up to again and again and again and And again again and again and again in the movie Groundhog Day, and that's our From the Archives unknown or little known facts- about Groundhog Day. If you only had one day to live, what would you do with it? I don't know, Phil. What are you dying of? No. I mean, the whole world is about to explode. What do you do? What are you looking for, Phil? A date for the weekend? I'm just trying to talk like normal people talk. Isn't this how they talk? Let me buy you a cup of coffee. And a donut. How do you know so much about Punxsutawney? I spend a lot of time here. Small town people are more real, more down earth. That's how I feel. Really? Would you like to try some white chocolate? Yuck. It'll make me sick. No white chocolate. There is something so familiar about this. Hmm? Do you ever have deja vu? Didn't you just ask me that? (laughs) Phil? Hey, Phil? Phil? Phil Connors? Phil Connors, I thought that was you. Uh, How you doing? Thanks for watching. Hey, hey. Now, don't you tell me you don't remember me, because I sure as heck fire remember you. Not a chance. (laughs) Ned! Ryerson! Needle-nosed Ned, Ned the head. Come on, buddy, Case Western High! Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Ned Ryerson got the shingles real bad senior year, almost didn't graduate. Bing! Again! Ned Ryerson, I dated your sister Mary Pat a couple times till you told me not to anymore. Well? Ned Ryerson? Bing! Bing! <laughs> so did you turn pro with that belly button thing, Ned? Or no, Phil, I sell insurance. What a shock. Do you have life insurance? Ned, I would love to stand here and talk with you, but I'm not going to. <laughs> hey, it is so good to see you. Uh, what are you doing for dinner? Something else. It's been great seeing you, Needlehead. Take care. 
<laughs> Watch out for that first step, it's a doozy. <laughs> Phil? Hey, Phil Connors, man. Groundhog Day released February 12th, 1993, not February 2nd, like a lot of people think. Uh A weatherman is reluctantly sent to cover a story about a weather forecasting rat, (laughs) as he calls it. This is his fourth year of the story, and he makes no effort to hide his frustration. On awakening the following day, he discovers that it's Groundhog Day again and again and again (laughs) and again. Yeah. And it's brilliant. Directed and written by Harold Ramis. It has a runtime of 101 minutes and has a PG rating. Starring Bill Murray, Andy McDowell, Chris Elliott, Brian Doyle Murray, yeah, yeah, his, yeah. his older brother, and Scooter, the groundhog. Okay. Also known as Pensatotsky <laughs> Phil. Punxsutawney Phil, yeah. That guy. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, uh, Bill, uh, Brian Doyle Murray. Plays the guy that pulls uh, the groundhog out of the hiding spot. That's it. And that's Bill Murray's older brother. Rotten Tomatoes critics give it 96%. Absolutely. And the fans give it an 88. Had a budget of $14.6 million and a worldwide gross of $71 million. This is in 1993, keep in mind. Wow. Today's, story, today's numbers, that's not that much. Do you know the, the groundhog bit? Bill Murray during filming? Yes. A scooter, you said it was his name? Yes, he bit him a couple times, actually. And the uh, the bites were so bad and so deep that uh, Murray had to go get some uh, medical treatment, had to get rabies injections. Of course. Wow. Unbelievable. Uh, uh, Harold Ramis originally wanted Tom Hanks for the lead role. Okay. That would have worked then. But, but he decided against it, be saying, Hanks is too nice. And Bill Murray's not nice? No, think about this. In fact, this next fact here, according to the director, Harold Ramis, which, of course, was within uh, Ghostbusters with Bill Murray. Yeah. Most of the time when he tried to explain a scene to Bill Murray, Murray would interrupt and ask, just tell me, good Phil or bad Phil? (laughs) And then he would give it to them. And he would give it to them. Uh, Speaking of Harold Ramis on the DVD extras, he was asked uh, to estimate how long he thought Phil Connors was stuck yes. doing this day after day after day thing. And he said in order to acquire all the skills that Phil Connors shows off by the end, he would have been stuck there in that cycle for about 10 years. 10 years? 10 years. Wow. I, I, that, I mean, while only 38 days are shown in the film, Harris or uh, Ramis said it would take about 10 years to get all that stuff accomplished. Oh, that, as, as great of a piano player as he became? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I love every time he saves the kid, the kid won't thank him. I know. Now, in the original version, Phil Connors was already trapped inside Groundhog Day at the start of the story. We would join him on a typical day with the audience wondering how, how, how did he get here? What is yeah. going on? Huh. Harold Ramis promised not to change this aspect of the script. But ultimately sided too, of course. It's a good move. I I think it's a very good move too. Now, Bill Murray was undergoing a divorce at the time of filming and was obsessed about the film. So to take his mind off of the divorce, he obsessed over the film. He would ring Harold Ramis constantly, often in the early hours of the morning. Ramis eventually sent screenwriter Danny Rubin to sit with Murray (laughs) and iron out all of his anxieties. And this is one of the reasons 
Bill Murray stopped speaking to Ramis for several years. Really? It caused wow. a rift between the two Ramis of them. Because Ramis couldn't handle him anymore. That's right. He had a few things to deal with himself, Harold Ramis. Yes, he yeah. did. Now, originally, uh, Phil was supposed to hunt down the groundhog in his lair. <laughs> this, however, changed, and I think you know why. There's a movie called Ground. I mean, there's a movie called Caddyshack from 1980, yeah, yeah. where he kind of would have done that same thing, right? Yeah, okay. Now, this concept for the film has been done a lot, man. It was included in Disney's Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. Okay. Uh, the the uh, it was a television show called Daybreak, Supernatural episode, Mystery Spot, Fifty First Dates, but the biggest one, Edge of Tomorrow, which is exactly it's a terrific movie, Edge of Tomorrow. Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt. It's my favorite Paxton role. Yeah, uh, Bill Paxton. Oh yeah. But anyway, yeah, they, they repeat the same thing over and over again. Yep. Look, and if you have not seen this movie, which where have you been? Uh, every February 2nd, you can catch it on loop on some channel, either TNT or TBS, forever and ever, and catch this movie. And if you haven't seen it, I mean, come on. Yep. Get come out on. and see it right now. Come on. Johnny, good to be back in the saddle, buddy. Hey, man, it's good to have you back. That means I don't have to press all the buttons and try and host a show on my own. <laughs> He's Johnny Lightfoot, <laughs> professional button pusher. Nope, nope, that's <laughs> that's me. That's you. Austin Horton, professional button pusher. <laughs> Thanks to Larry Tony once again for filling in last yeah, week. Yeah, he was great. We will be back in one week's time talking about movies more for an hour next week uh, right here on The Movie Zone.